our severe case of indecision, our completely biased opinions, and our, uh, sandpapered vocal cords with Ian and Tyler. How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm good. Why do we have sandpaper vocals? Well, that's a good question, Tyler, because I was just about to say, I think it is, uh, uh, because we went out clubbing last night. Absolutely. I think it is appropriate to have a very, very quick uh, concert review in <laughs> this edition of the podcast. Second one back since we've been away for the summer. Uh, hope you all are doing well. Hope you all are uh, having a great school year so far. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, not a clue what's going on in statistics <laughs> no, right now. Statistics can suck my uh, wiggly pinky <laughs> toe. toe. Yes. Um. So, who did we see yesterday, Tyler? We saw Judah and the Lion. Yes, we did. What? Yes, we did. We saw Judah and the Lion at uh, the Anthem in DC. It was Ian's first time. Yeah, at the Anthem and seeing Judah live, which Tyler's seen Judah how many? 11 times? Last night was number 11. Jesus Christ. Because their shows are just fun. They're really fun. I have to say that, well, number one, the Anthem is an incredible venue. The Anthem it's is nice. a great venue. It's really nice. It's so, it's it's a very, very large room. It holds like about 5,000, probably 6,000 max people. Um, but it feels that that is 6,000 wall to wall, right? People in the bathrooms listening because they can't fit in the pit. Wait, really? It's a lot. Holy. Okay. Um, but it's a really, really big room, but it also feels very, very much like it feels very, very intimate at the same time kind of like a club would like it felt maybe that's just because we were literally standing 10 feet away from them yeah we were close but the anthem is weird because it doesn't it doesn't follow the traditional venue form either got a club which holds like a like max like a big club is like 2300 people um and then the the next step up from that is playing pavilions right uh, Meriwether would be the closest one near us. Also, BB&T Pavilion in Camden is also somewhat near us. Right. Um, but the Anthem is formatted like a club. It's just a room. It's got balconies. And it right. it's like, holds it's sitting like 6,000 people. But it's, it's, sitting not, in it's, that not center. A, it's not a theater where you got the seats yeah. at the bottom. It's four different levels it's legit a, a, a club shaped gigantic <clears throat> venue it's yeah. so and it's so pretty it's yeah, it's, it's nice brand new i think it opened in like two, uh 2010 yeah it, it's really nice it's like it's sitting in that sweet spot between a club and a uh pavilion because right. it's not as big as merriweather merriweather holds like twelve thousand people there's no it, Meriwether is a lot bigger, but it's, like it's, it's not. It's definitely bigger than a club. It's quite a few thousand people more than a club. But it's it's pretty cool because um, it doesn't matter where you are. You have a good a good view of the band. view. And you know, I always I always think this, but it's like it may, it's funny to me when all of these tiny people run into the pit the middle of the pit and they can't see anything they're looking at shoulders and everything yeah like if that was the case go to the side and go to the back and you can see everything yeah and i i mean that's just kind of me that's that's funny but right i don't get it but 
there there are clubs especially that i've been to where there are uh not design flaws but blind spots like the the form the format of the ram's head in baltimore does have blind spots so if you're going to go up to the balcony you got to be right up front on the railing or you can't see because you're going to be standing behind a crowd of people at the balcony it's just another it's a tiny pit up higher so except now you got to look down not up so you really can't see so it you know yeah this it's just it's a it's a great club it's really nice it's in a really nice uh area new new newly built area it's on the water we got there and we walked out of out of the parking garage sorry yeah yeah it's out of the parking garage and we're on the harbor and it was it was, it yeah, was pretty cool. Stone See. walkways and these bridge and there was like this uh there's this outdoor campfire circle. It was it was like people people it's driving nice. Aston Martins kind of neighborhood. It was it was real it was a great area of DC. Um which there are not so great areas of DC because I mean, you travel down four blocks and there are the, some homeless people uh smoking out of bongs and which we didn't see because no. we were in Yuppieville. We were in Yuppieville. But anyway, um, the concert itself, venue aside, was insane. Uh, it was probably the loudest concert that I've been to, uh, mainly because the bass in the mix rattled everything. The bass. floor. Yeah. Dude, the floor you could the floor feel is a th- bouncing. It's a thick cement floor and you can feel it vibrating like it's kind of scary in a way i almost thought they, they would tear the building down but they didn't thank god um yeah it was also it was also funny at, like and you i mean know when a show well. is loud when there is encore confetti from previous shows falling falling from the ceiling yeah like if if the encore didn't knock that down from the show before and then the next one does means you know you know which one was louder right so that's always entertaining so it was definitely a loud loud show i'm still gaining my hearing back same i mean dylan from the podcast came with us as well so we had we had a good time i would say it was playing pokemon go during the show (laughs) (laughs) Ian but it still was, did not catch an onyx. I'm upset. I did catch a shiny Feebas, though, so that made up for it. But anyway, pretty cool. um, the band had incredible energy, and despite me not liking the last record, a lot of the songs that they had played, they changed dramatically. Like, me and my mama, we hated that song, uh, reviewing the album, but the thing was that... that during the show, there was so much more live instrumentation, and there was so much more bass so much bass yeah it was, that it was ridiculous live. it was really cool and plus just like the the amount of energy and the connection that judah acres the lead singer has with the crowd is incredible it's amazing the way that he um controls the controls crowd. the crowd yeah because i mean you go to a 21 pilots concert and um for those of you who don't know about 21 Pilots fan base, they are, f- this is, okay, yeah, Dylan and I were talking about this, um, that when, if 21 Pilots ever got into the pit like Judah Akers does, because Judah came down from the stage and just went to the middle of the pit and stood on a stool and started singing. If 21 Pilots ever did that, they'd be ripped apart. Yeah. Tyler Joseph would be ripped to shreds because their fans are fucking animals. 
<laughs> 21 Pilots fans are primal and not in a good way. Like, it's horrible how much that they, they, like... It's kind of disgusting, honestly. Uh, the way that 21 Pilots fans act, which is probably my least favorite part about... 21 pilots is the fan base the fan base is horrible but i think it's just an example of a, of a band getting too big for their means and it happens mm, it, i i think it's even more that it's like a cult almost and they're these people literally make 21 pilots their livelihood like they make it like these teenagers make their lives revolve around 21 pilots and their music and their lore and stuff like that and it's not healthy it makes you obsessed, yeah, there's, and there's, the obsession starts. But that is not what Judah and the Lion is. Judah and the Lion is much more, and he would say he said it on stage quite a few times. They're much more like a family, yeah. and you feel like that. You feel like you feel like you know the guy talking up on stage because there are some very intimate moments in his show uh, where he gets very very personal. And it was really great. It was I, really good. I, it, it, it it's up there in concerts for me. I haven't been to very many concerts, but it's up there. It was it was great. You're getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. There, I'm seeing more and more. But anyway, we've talked for, on for ten minutes about Judah and the Lion. Do you have anything else to say? Because we do have an important about album to about review. the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, go check out their music. Like, it's going to appeal to a lot of people. So I yeah. would definitely say check it out. Their older stuff is very bluegrassy. Their new stuff doesn't really confine to a particular genre, but I guess it fall, falls under the uh, folk pop yeah some pop outlet rock. yeah some pop rock the song sports is phenomenal <laughs> just an amazing which it's funny because i didn't work. i intentionally didn't look at the set list or any videos or anything because i didn't want to know what they were going to play i wanted to be just let everything happen but i at, when i got back last night i looked and they always exchange some songs out with other songs for every show. And I noticed that the past few tours, because I always check because I'm a nerd. And they played sports the night before, and they didn't play sports at our show. So Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could have had some energy. But yeah, they're, they're cool for doing that too. Because like, I mean, even if you go to a, a 21 Pilot show, they're playing the same song every night and yeah. then when they go to festivals they'll take a few out put a few more on and then they start the next leg <clears> and they'll add <throat> one take one off but it's not right. like consistent yeah which you know kind of sucks that's that that show at this point is a well-oiled machine there's no room for yeah but it's the i mean this you know, the 21 pilot show still feels very much it still feels pretty personal in a lot of ways just because of the way that they act on stage and the way that they're able to I don't know, perform so well. But maybe that's just me. But also, other other tidbit before we move on. They played for two hours, Judah and the Lion did. Their set was long, it was huge. And they managed to keep it engaging for two hours. And yeah, not, a, not a boring moment. So good on you, Judah and the Lion, for really bringing it last the night. The real question, are you going to go back? I would, yes, in a second. Then I win. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Who are we talking about today? Oh, I get asked the question today. Um, so today we're talking about another album that we didn't get to review this summer, but we felt was important enough to have its own uh, had had enough segment. impact on us. Yeah, 
to have its own segment, mainly because um, the the person who dropped it has had such a huge influence on my life personally, and most likely your life as well, and just, and just the music. music in general, music yeah. at large. Of course, we are talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Tomas Tom York, uh, who is the lead singer of Radiohead. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the lead singers, the lead singer of Radiohead has dropped his own solo project. I think the last one he dropped was in like 2015, something like that. Uh, something about boxes. Can't exactly remember, but <laughs> it wasn't that great. Um, his last solo project that really gained any traction was uh, The Eraser, which was in 2007, which go check out that, al- that album because that album is great. Um, definitely, it definitely sounds like some more electronic stuff that Radiohead was dabbling in. Maybe a little bit of Hail to the Thief, maybe a little bit of King of Limbs here and there, um, that you hear on that album. But that's a good album. Go check it out. He had, um, uh, another album in 2018 called Suspiria. Oh, yeah, 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 That was the soundtrack that he made. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Tom Harkin. <clears throat> Okay, well, I mean, this new album that came out is called Anima, um, and uh, so Tom York, Thomas Edward York, was born in 1968. I actually didn't know he was that young. He was born in 68. Okay, well, um... So, as I've st- sorry, <laughs> as I've stated before, uh, he is the lead singer of Radiohead, and he has been since the very, very beginning, since they released their first couple of EPs in the late '80s, and uh, since they released their, or actually, I think it was only one EP, but um, since they released their first album, Pablo Honey, back in the very late '80s, which um, was very much alternative and is kind of held at uh, the meme status by hardcore fans because hardcore fans love to hate that album um, and say that it's a normie album weird shit like that but um, anyways uh, another tidbit that I didn't know about earlier as well was that (laughs) is that Radiohead was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, this year, which is great, good on them, uh, they deserve every bit of that, and I hope that they are eating that up at this point, because they have influenced the musical spectrum enough at this point that they deserve that kind of recognition, I believe, um, so, uh, I think Tom York has released about four solo projects at this point, um, along with his fifth one, which was the Adams for Peace, um, I think that makes five at this point, um, which was a weird, uh, different solo branch that he went out onto, uh, in 2012, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's released, oh, the, the Eraser was 2006, my bad, it wasn't 2007. He released the Eraser in 2006, and in 2009, not 2012, my god, I'm batting zero right now, Adams for Peace was, uh, 2009, um, and then he also released Amok, his other, one of his other albums in 2013, and along with Tomorrow's Modern Boxes in 2014, and that has been the last that we have heard of 
Thomas York's solo efforts until now. Um, and I mean, he released the, the last thing that we've heard other than the single that they released this year, earlier this year, which was great, by the way. Um, Ill Wind was the title of that track, but they released a moon shaped pool under the Radiohead name in 2016, uh, to massive critical acclaim. Um, rightfully so that album was a masterpiece. So yeah, I would say if you don't know who Tom York, uh, and aren't familiar with Radiohead's work at this point, go and listen, go and listen to, um, okay computer. Because that, that album completely, it, it, it was predictive of every single, uh, rock trend that would go on in the early 2000s and is basically the reason that bands like Coldplay and The Killers and bands like that exist. So we have, we, we have a lot to thank Radiohead for in terms of creating, uh, musical trends and, Things of that nature. Do we have tour dates? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know he was. You said he was going on tour. So radio Radiohead is not on tour currently. But if you are new interested, question, new album on the way soon? Question mark. If hopefully? you're interested in going to see Tommy Orkey, is about to go off on a world tour. Um, by world tour, I mean that he will be playing the United States and Canada. <laughs> that is still a world tour. Um, so he'll be playing Toronto, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Austin, Texas, Atlanta, um, Berkeley, California, Seattle, Washington, Vancouver, Canada. You kind of get the idea. Los Angeles, Las Vegas. He's playing. Where's the nearest show around here? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, PA, who will, he will be playing at Stage AE, which I have never heard of before. But I also don't know what Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh's music scene is. So. Yeah. That will explain that. All right. So, <clears throat> I don't think there were really any teaser tracks leading up to this album. Uh, this was kind of dropped out of the blue. Um, but he did also release it alongside a, uh, visual representation of anima um which was soundtracked by three different songs off of this album and it basically went through three different moments or three different movements three different scenes in uh that um visual represent i'm just gonna call it a movie um because that's kind of what it is it's a short film uh, about 15 minutes long and i will get into more detail about that in a second because I feel like the details about that are inseparable from this. I feel like these were definitely released in conjunction with one another, so I feel like it's kind of inseparable. But, uh, yeah, are we ready to move into what we did like? I suppose. Okay. Hell yeah. The, the, I, mean, I guess there's two types of influence. There's the, there's the influence of, which is not really influence, is, is, is the how... People may emotionally connect with music I've been involved in, mm. and that is something that um, part of me is completely mystified why that would be the case. Because human beings are really different, so why would it be that what I do connects in that way? And the and the only answer I ever give to that was like I discovered maybe 
when Radiohead first started making records, I discovered maybe around the bends that 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 the bit I didn't want to show, the vulnerable bit, um, the bit that would be on stage and be in these situations and just have to deal with it, that, but didn't want to, the bit that, that wanted to sing about my own feelings but was scared of what that would, that bit was the bit that mattered. Mm. And you could put up a million defences and different things, but that's what mattered and that's what people connected with. It can take you by surprise because you, when you're especially doing concerts and stuff, then that's, that's when you reconnect back with how people react to your music. Mm. When you're in an abstract space like your own studio, you don't have that. Yeah, thinking. You're not thinking about, no, not I'm thinking about me. Why aren't you thinking about me? I'm sorry. But I'm thinking about me. <laughs> because in those situations, like, I've ultimately, there's a sort of, like, a hit I have to get out of it. I have to, you know, like um, on this record, uh, just random example, um, trying to develop how Dawn Chorus, the song, was going to work. I'd like put her into my studio and try and find the right combinations of voicings on the synthesizers I was using. Couldn't find it, couldn't find it. Tried again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. But I was, I just needed that hit because I knew when I found it, when I found it, I'd, I would have my way into the song. Mm. And, and, and thus it was. So things like that matter to me, and they are sort of obsessive, or whatever. But they, they, there is an emotional connection I have to find, just like everybody else does. Mm. When an artist is repeating themselves because they think that's what people want, they're fucked. It's all over. Mm. Okay. So that leads me to the second point I was going to make about the influence thing. Yes. All I have done with my compatriots in in my band and then myself is. Uh, try and f create enough a space of safety around what we're doing creatively mm. to feel carry on feeling free to experiment and be wherever we want to be. Um, aware all the time that it's fundamentally, fundamentally a business and you have to play games and you have to make compromises and all this stuff. And centrally, you've got to like be prepared to torch it at any moment. <laughs> from right from the beginning to, to now. You, no you bluff. To, no bluff. There's never a bluff. No bluff. No. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the Brexit thing. I've got a gun to my head. Like, mm. you can give me what I want, right? Mm. And of course, that's slightly different because they're not going to get what they want. Because mm. they've got nothing to trade. I've got, got something to trade. I've got something <laughs> to trade. See? Thank you. Now we're back where we are. Yeah. So, 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 uh, talking about the, the movie first, the short film first, do you want to get into it? Do you want to, do you have anything particular to say about it first of all, or do you want me okay, to Okay. So brief can we no, agree that, can we agree that he's trying to tell a story? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> tell us that story. Phyllis and Tyler. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I'm, I'm, can I start out where the film starts out and what yeah. it is? Because I, the first time I saw this movie, I, I gobbled that shit up. I, I could not stop watching it. I watched it like 10 times within two days because I loved it so much. And there were so many little details and the, the way that it was shot and filmed was so artistic. And I mean, it's, it's a silent, silent film. It's just soundtracked by Tom York's music, but it's incredible. The amount of, um, choreography that went into it. Number one, the, 
the movements and the dance routines, I guess you could call it. I suppose that you could call it that are insane. They're wild. They're mind bending. They make you wonder what the hell is going on because it all looks like humans doing automated robot shit, uh, all in unison. It's trippy. It's weird. It's awesome. Honestly, um, which I mean, we'll get into automation in a little bit because I feel like that's that theme plays in a little bit, but it starts off with Tom York on this train, uh, in a subway station, uh, couldn't tell you where, uh, I feel like I knew at one point, but I can't remember where it was filmed. It's in the UK somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in the UK, um, but they're in this underground train station, and, uh, he looks over, and actually Tyler told me this tidbit, that it's his, it's his girlfriend that mm-hmm. plays the opposing his, part. His real-life <clears throat> girlfriend is the yeah. woman that he's <clears throat> chasing throughout. But, um, so the, it starts off in this train station, right? And he looks over, and, uh, there's this beautiful woman sitting adjacent to him towards the back end of the train, and they lock eyes for, like, a quick second, and it looks like he's sleeping for the f- first, like, minute and a half. So, Anima features hit, uh, the actress Dahana Roncioni. Is she Italian? I have, uh, Swedish. Swedish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thick accent Swedish people have. Um, but. <clears throat> thick. Thick. Personalities. <laughs> okay. Um, with four C's. But. Five. Five. Um,. As soon as we get past this, they lock, they lock eyes for like a quick second and you keep seeing Tom trying to take quick glances at her. Um, but she won't look up anymore. And, um, I don't, I feel like this is an important piece of symbolism, but people on the train immediately after this start just moving in unison. And it's, it's some sort of weird nuts dance routine, but they start moving. Everybody's sitting down. So. They're all doing these weird hand and head movements, these weird gestures and stuff like that, but it looks trippy as hell because it's all in unison and there are like 50 people on this train and it keeps panning around the camera angles and the camera work is fantastic um, in this film. And the train stops and they all get off and they keep doing this stuff in unison and the woman leaves her bag and um he starts leaving the train but then he realizes hey maybe i should take it to her so he grabs the bag and he leaves the train and he's still he's moving along with these people kind of doing the head movements that they're doing um but he doesn't look very happy about it and then they get to the uh end of the train station where you know those rotating things that you move through the 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 metal bars the counters counter yeah whatever that's called and uh he gets stuck at it um, while everybody else moves perfectly through and he leaves the bag, somebody else picks up the bag for no reason. Um, and he's pissed off now. So he, uh, uh keeps attempting to move through it, but then he gets pulled back by some unknown force. And so then the, I just want to interject here. Okay. There through watching an interview with him talking about it, what he was trying to capture in the, the film is that people um, on their commute doing their <clears throat> normal routine and it's exaggerating and um, an outside force controlling them. So, which is what kind uh, of how what we go through yeah. now. I mean, well, I mean, in the UK, believe- it's even it's even worse, though, in the in the places in the UK, because people 
literally get on the same trains at the same times every day. There's not as many people that own cars. It's mainly what government. I mean, main little middle class. Not very many middle class people travel by car. They especially in like London and big cities. They all they don't need to though. Yeah, it's like New York. People don't. A lot of people don't own cars because it's not. It doesn't make sense, but. Yeah, that's kind of where the automation thing comes in because all of these people are they look automated doing all of this stuff while and they're being it seems they're being like, act they're being forced by an outer force. That's what I was just yeah. saying. <clears throat> yeah. And it seems like Tom York is being represented as breaking away from the grain, which is I mean, not an entirely new concept, but the way that it's done in the film is it hasn't, insane. It hasn't been done like this. It's insane. So he jumps over the the counter with the help of some unknown force. Uh, it's kind of funny because it looks ridiculous, but I don't, it's it's whatever, man. And then he, they go through this whole sequence with like weird lights bouncing against caverns. It's really weird, and they still have the, there's these long ass lines of people just doing the sh- same shit over and over again, and it moves to the second scene, uh, and that's where we get the weirdest camera angle I've ever seen yeah. because it's this slanted surface, but it's filmed like it's a straight surface, so they're the, like the camera is level weird. level with the platform, yeah, basically. So he's going through this like canyon area out of the subway and. He um, looks over the wall and he discovers that the girl's walking at the top. So he's like, yeah, he and this is there. like a, a, a girl that he's after at this point. The, he really the, uh, he wants to know why he's so drawn to her and he doesn't really understand it yet. I feel like we are not going to do an accurate job of explaining, explaining this. this. You have to watch it. You have to watch but it. But essentially there's a, a gigantic, gigantic platform, black all around. It's just a white platform. And um, Tom York gets onto this platform, and there are people approaching him, and that's when the one track uh, traffic starts. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not the news. Everything, was the first everything one. also is coordinated with the music too. So that yes, was really it was impressive. insane. Yeah, and he's after he's still he finds this bag as well, and he's still after this bag to give it to the girl. Um, but these people end up pissing him off further he gets locked into one of their routines or whatever because it still looks automated they're all doing this these dance moves in unison but it looks amazing in this sequence it's it's visually impressive and then he ends up falling off the platform and the third scene starts which is uh soundtracked by dawn chorus off of this album um and it's this beautiful this gorgeous this emotionally rich um, scene where he finally finds the girl. He doesn't have the bag, but they, it's like they end up falling in love anyway. It's this beautiful, beautiful representation of, I, I don't know, undying love for each other. I don't know. It's like, it, it's unexplainable, honestly. And Don, the thing about, that's weird about Don Course that we'll get into a bit, in a bit, is that it does not have a tempo. It has a time signature. But there is absolutely no sense of beat in the song. It's a free-flowing song. So all of these dance moves, it can't really be coordinated with a beat because there is no, like, one, two, three, four, stand alive, stand alive, like that kind of thing. There is no beat. It's, it's just there. But it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece, and it's set... The, the 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 choreography and everything is set so perfectly against it and they end up on this back on or actually no they end up on a tram at the end of the movie um 
and it ends with Tom York kind of facing into the sun and happily, contentedly closing his eyes. I think the first two times I watched this, I, I was brought to tears a little bit. I, it was nuts. I, I, I geeked out so hard over this film. I don't know about you, but it's just, it's, it's visually impressive and it's, it's artistic. Gorgeous. It's completely artistic. So, so gorgeous. When you're watching this, you need to be in that modern art state of mind because yeah. if you're looking at this without that, then you're just going to be utterly confused and upset <laughs> right and i mean a lot of the themes of automation and the daily routine and everything that tyler was talking about earlier also show up on the album itself in the song themes and titles such as not the news or traffic um being based upon uh news not being news um and uh, misinformation as well as traffic being a daily routine and being trapped in one's own ways and things like that. And this is not new material for Radiohead or Tom York at all, but again, it's represented in a very different way. Do you have anything presented different? Yeah. Do you have a, do you, do you have a place to start with talking about what you liked about the album at this point? I think we should start with the track traffic. Oh, so we're just going to start jump right into the first start. track. I mean, okay. I mean, overall, this album. Uh, can we, I talk about we can the go s- overall too? Well, can I talk about like a stylistic switch up that has happened? No, no. Yes. From there, <laughs> um, I I must confess that I didn't listen to tomorrow's modern boxes, but talking about uh, just talking about um, the eraser, a lot of what was on the eraser. Uh, was more glitch oriented as well as some folk music. This is completely electronic, but it all, it's also there's elements of trance and house um, in this. But it's v- in this album, but it's very very spacious and it's very nocturnal. It's very this this is very unique. Cavernous. It's very um, and it's not cavernous in the same way that a lot of like trap rap is it's not like nocturnal or spacious like uh, a lot of the soulless uh washed out reverb heavy trap rap is right Today, it's less you know in a trendy sense you know, and you know it's more in thing, an aesthetic sense the, the one thing that is the, to me sets this apart from that is that even when you listen to people who put out electronic music people even like igloo ghost there's nothing predictable at the track about the tracks or what's going to happen but you still for me there's still an expectation of what you can expect and the sounds that you're going to hear um and that's that's that the one reason that this is so beyond me is that when i started listening to this this is its own thing i have never heard anything that were these sounds, all of these sounds are crafted. I was just looking at Band in Town and the picture of Tom York is him twisting dials, literally creating these sounds. Right. And this is what Ian said. This is so spacious and just unique. And it comes off sounding menacing at times. It comes off at times sounding beautiful. It's really an impressive project. And I haven't, 
I haven't, I just haven't experienced anything like this. And I, yeah. if I went back through his discography, I might see, you know, shadows of what's in this, in, in, in those tracks and those projects, but I haven't yet. And right. I plan on it after listening to this. I yeah. really plan on listening to a lot yeah, more Tom yeah. York, but. I think the closest comparison that I can draw between this album and another album is um, Nicholas Jar's solo project early last year in 2018, Against All Logic. I don't know how many people have heard of that. It was kind of uh, an on-the-low release, but it, it it's kind of... It, it's in a different way, and its focus is different than this album, um, but it is... Uh, there's a lot of house, and I mean, that that is a pretty much a house album. It's not as much as a spacious electronic album as this one is, but a lot of the house influences that show up here um, sound a lot like the same nocturnal, spacious um, house that uh, Nicholas Jar was dropping with that project. So that's just a little tidbit, though. If you like what you hear here, I would suggest going back and listening to Against All Logic. Uh, 2017 to, or 2011 to 2017. Uh, Traffic is the second song played on the, uh, short film movie. And I mean, while, Not the while news this being is the first, correct. When, when this song comes on, it automatically changes the, um, not, not the feeling it changes it changes the surroundings, I guess, of, yes. of the song. Every well, every switch changes the surroundings completely in the Correct. film as well, and everything. So th- this, this to me is the probably darker, more menacing track. Yeah. On on the project, but essentially, I can't even say essentially because there's no way I can put this in simple terms, and I don't have the vocabulary to do so. But, um. When, when this song comes on, I I pray that you have some dope speakers because it's, there are uh, so many sounds in this, probably ones that your speakers have not heard before. Mine had not. And it's just, it engulfs you with waves of sound. It's great. Yeah. This, this, the, the first, the first track is, this is one of the, uh, houseier tracks with the large, large kick 808s in the back sounding like they could be in the back of like a dance club or like a rave, but then it's Tom York. So it would be a rave for Dementors from Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the closest way I could put it. Um, um, that's that should be the title of our album review. <laughs> what did you think? Pitchfork.com rave for dementors. <laughs> uh, I impress so myself accurate. sometimes. I impress myself sometimes, but um, and again the 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 uh, feelings of. Uh, 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 being controlled and automation and everything show up all over this song lyrically um, and even just the uh, subtle repetition of all of the beats and some of the sounds and I mean repetition it can be a horrible horrible thing and a um, sort of uh, a way to fill out unused space kind of a filler way but it's uh, repetition on this album is used less in that way and more as an aesthetic uh, push. It's more of uh, a way to push through with the vibe of these tracks. 
um, which I can get behind completely, which, I mean, a lot of these songs are well over four minutes. This first one is five. Uh, Not the News, I think, is six. Uh, Twist is seven minutes, which is pretty lengthy. You're not getting into anything... uh, not getting any, into anything that won't require attention to detail yeah, with that song. For, There's plenty of switch-ups, too, across this album. Such a short project that you're not shorted in time at all. Yeah, no. How long is this project, actually? It's not long. It's not terribly short. Yeah, I mean, it's nine tracks, but it's 47 minutes. So nine tracks... Oh, how would that divide out? A lot and a little. <laughs> a little bit over five minutes a song. Would be the average, I believe. I believe. Wow. If I'm doing my math right, something I don't like know. that. Are yeah, you? I think so. Statistics. Let's draw. Let's draw stem and leaf graph here. Uh, let's move on to out. the next track, though, because I mean, as great as traffic is, there is plenty of material to be covered here. Yeah. Such as last I heard, he was circling the. What's the rest of the track called? He was circling the drain. Last I heard, he was circling the drain. In parentheses, he was circling the drain. Actually, wait, no, I've got to say it correctly. Last I heard, parenthes- uh, start parenthesis, dot, 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 he was circling the drain, and parentheses. There we go. That's the track name. Uh, but again, this song is... I was wrong. This track is five minutes. Um, and again, there's a lot more in the way of repetition to... Uh, push a vibe on this song as well but the sounds here again push the very nocturnal uh vibe i love the dreary samples showing up all over this song um less synth driven as the last song was um but goddamn, is this song gorgeous go ahead uh tidbit after you know reading about this one rolling stone and pitchfork uh, there were multiple reviews that had uh, interviewed Tom York and described this project as a dystopian confessional. Um, it's gorgeous in a dystopian way. That's a much better way of putting it. Yeah. Is that what you're looking that's for? That's kind of what I was looking for, yeah. I was trying to fill your gap there. That That's a very, very good way of putting it, yes. I don't know. I have so much to say about this album, but I don't have the words to describe what I hear in the songs. Yeah. So I can just tell you the way that it makes me feel and what I think's going through this dude's head, which I mean, nobody could explain that. But honestly, when you listen to this, the way that I would say to think about it is if you have all of these wires in your brain that cause these frequencies and it makes you create anything, art, music, writing, whatever it is, we all have a different process when it comes to doing so. I feel like this dude's wires do not work the way that ours do. These are crisscross and mangled. And as a result, <laughs> you have things being created that, that you, wouldn't haven't, think. you haven't seen the face of before. And that's truly what is just so impressive about this without breaking down a single one because it's really an experience that you need to experience for yourself and us telling you what it sounded like is not going to do it justice so i mean after listening to this even turn this off right now and go listen to it because just listen to traffic or not the news like the, there's there's no there's no words that i can put this in but that 
hasn't been said before. Right. But this this <clears throat> this guy just doesn't function the way that we do. Right. And he's a fascinating person, fascinating character. I mean, you'd have to have a couple of screw lo- screws loose to create uh Kid A, let's say. I mean, Kid A changed the I mean, I think okay computer was influential. Um, but Kid A is widely considered one of the greatest albums, like, ever created. It's considered widely, uh, by critics, the best album of the 2000s, um, just because of the insane shit that was come up with on that album. Sounds that nobody's ever dared to touch since. That was It's been 20 years. Experimental. It's been 20 years since that album dropped, and there has been nothing like it since. Which, I mean, that is not my favorite Radiohead album. I do think that, I mean, it's not a it's not a perfect album. It's still somewhat flawed, but the, the way that the, that album works and computes and... You still have to respect it. It's, well, it, it just, there's absolutely nothing in music, modern music, like it. Uh, which there were plenty of people that ripped off OK Computer. There's been very, very few people that have dared to touch the territory that Kid A touched, um, which is insane to think about that you have your you and your band are so forward thinking that you created something that 20 years later still sounds new and inventive to the point where nothing absolutely nothing in the music modern music spectrum sounds like it nothing in the electronic nothing in the experimental vein nothing in the singer songwriter vein nothing nothing none of the bases that album that album touched moving on though um because i mean we can talk about the tracks uh I, i think you summed up the way that the album works pretty well but i mean the first four tracks are pretty pretty much like great twist goes through a couple of very very uh different switch ups which i mean considering that the song is called twist is kind of fitting um it goes through some very very uh cool song changes i i like the switch at the is it more towards the midpoint um of the of the track but i also dawn chorus oh my god dawn chorus is one of the prettiest things i've heard all year I don't think Dawn Chorus is going to get old to me. I think this is this this is not the news. The sixth track off the album are tied for my favorite because not the news is nuts. Not not the news is in a very very simplistic and minimalist way, uh, mind expanding. It's not the news is oh my god! First time I heard this, I, it blew my mind. Uh, and I couldn't really tell you why. Maybe it's the uh, string section, the gorgeous cellos and violins that come in uh, after the second time he sings. The second time he sings, cue sliding violins. Um, but god damn, is this song amazing? Um, and so is the axe. The axe is insane as well. Um, and I mean, the the axe is seven minutes in length as well. Uh, not a second of it gets old. It's just solid all the way. And I mean, I have problems with a few tracks here um, for reasons that we'll get into in a second, I suppose. But I don't know. I love this album to death. And I think that uh, the, um, the themes 
uh, that have been put forth with this album and with the movie were carried through pretty well, I'd say. Do you have anything else to say, like the last two tracks or anything? No? No, I really don't. I just want more. Okay. <laughs> I really just want there to be more. Okay. Well, can we get into it? I, I, I have a few things to say in the next section, so... I suppose. Okay. not to put my elbows on this table because Tyler says that it sounds like the world is ending every time I put my elbow on the table so it's I gotta... just because you don't have the stand yeah I didn't bring the what do you even call that the clamp that clamps the table for my microphone arm so I'm stuck with my shitty stand but um Ian, <clears throat> Ian forgot his sound enhancing clamp yeah my <laughs> yeah performance enhancing um, clamp I know I'm ashamed, deeply ashamed. But if I was going to have any problems with this album, it would probably be the fact that it feels like some of the songs are meandering some kind of aimlessly. I, I, I can understand that, yeah. Um, especially the last two songs, and I feel like Twist does it to an extent, but it's kind of brought together a little bit more. I feel like... Um, I feel like the the biggest problem that I would have with this album is the fact that it meanders uh, a bit, um, kind of aimlessly, uh, to the point where some of the songs don't feel so much like songs as they do trying to find an idea that never really comes to fruition. It's more of a demonstration. Kind than a of, song. yeah. Uh, and I mean, Twist kind of shows that a little bit, showcases that, and I mean, it's seven minutes long, so you can see how, um, but I think that the, in the way that the song is structured in that, uh, the switch-ups are, are so interesting to me, um, it kind of buffers that a little bit, but tracks like the fifth one, I Am a Very Rude Person, and Impossible Nuts, uh, and Runaway, the last two songs, Impossible Nuts and Runaway being probably the biggest examples of that, um, they start out very, very well, but they, st I don't know, like a, a minute or two in, they just start to feel, and I guess this is sort of where the repetition feels not so great as to, it's just kind of moving into the abyss, um, and it just keeps going, and then it kind of peters out with uh no sense of a final idea or thought uh to leave us off on which is kind of um disappointing considering that they are the last two tracks on the album um but there are still bits and pieces of it that i like like i mean the vibe is still very much there and again the first uh couple minutes of these songs i do like a lot because 
Um, I don't think that there is a musical idea that he poses that is particularly bad. Um, it just, it feels aimless, uh, to me, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it is. As well as, uh, the last track, Runaway, has these weird spoken word vocals that are kind of pitch shifted around to sound, uh, they're not like chipmunk vocals, but they're, 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 there's not much in the way of singing, at least in the first couple minutes of the track, is just him talking, uh, every, every once in a while, um, and it kind of comes off weird to me. I don't, I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but it, okay. I don't know. It's, it, it felt a little off to me, but I, I will say though, I did hear different things when I listened through different speakers. Like when I listened to this through my headphones the first time, the bass engulfed a lot of smaller, minute things that I didn't notice until I listened to it, um, through my speakers or in my car. And honestly, when I listen to it in my car, I notice it the most because it has more of that surround sound feeling where in the back left speaker, what he's saying is not what he's saying in the front right speaker. And there were a lot of things like even just at the very beginning of traffic, he has this little, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like pitches up, um, like before the track is even starting. And I didn't hear that until I listened to it in my car. Right. So that just... I might have not picked up on that when I was listening to it through whatever the first time. Right. Or the other That's times. fair enough. I don't remember. Yeah. Interesting how that works, but I suppose, yeah. It's, it's layering. And yeah. It's, that's, and that's detailed mastering. Yeah. That, that probably took months in itself. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd still say go ahead and check out this album and go check out the, 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 the film too because the the it's an experience man it's yeah it's nuts if it you, makes me if, it makes me want to be that genius one day it makes me want to be tom york and it makes me sad that i'm not tom york it <laughs> or i, my brain I honestly work feel like if if you are someone who appreciates art you'll honestly appreciate the the project like modern art if you appreciate Correct. if if you appreciate art. the the finer details in things, if you if you like finding meaning, um, in in uh, somewhat abstract uh, environments and stuff like that, I'd say I'd say go ahead and check this out. I'd because I know I and I mean there are, there are different things that people listen to music for, and I I have no quarrels with it, with any of it. Some people listen to music for like Dylan told me the other day that, or he told me last night that um, he listens to music for the lyrics um and some people listen to music for the meaning and the way that you connect with it some people listen to music because it's fun some people listen to music them feel a certain way yeah some people some people do listen to music for the art form and i i like to think that that's the way i think about it sometimes i don't know it kind of depends on what the music intent is you can do a lot of things with music yeah if you want to be depressed there's music for that if you want to be angry there's music for that if you want to feel good or chill vibes there's music for that yeah so in a way music is its own own type of drug it's very interesting but this music is an entity in itself yeah definitely definitely do you have anything (sighs) else no, I think I, I think I'll be able to sum up my uh, my thoughts pretty well.
in summation, uh, what did you think? <laughs> Never heard that word before. Summation? Yeah. Like in, it's, as a summary. Yeah. Never heard anyone use that before. I know. I'm an intellectual. <laughs> I, apparently. I, I have a huge brain, but anyway, go ahead. I actually want to know what you thought overall. Overall, what can I say that I didn't already say? This is solid. An art project. It really is. And there, there, to me, there's nothing else out there that I've heard or discovered like it. And this is also the first, probably the first like artsy music project that I've listened to and like really appreciated. Why you look so confused? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, you're just, I'm sorry. Spacing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, the, the film that goes with it, it absolutely enhances the music for me. And I feel that way when a, a great track comes out and then a great music video comes out with it, except this is a short film. This is a right. small movie. And that really just changes the game for me. Right. And I also, I, it would be so interesting to sit down and just have a conversation with this guy because I do not function the way that he functions. Clearly. I do not see things or hear things. And I don't think I could sit down and have a, I don't think that I could, you know how you have a standard, you have a form when you're making a song and you're doing this. How are you the person who sits down and invents the form, the, the, the new thing? Right. That is not in my understanding, but that clearly is his. He's the Albert Einstein of musical shenanigans. Wow. Back to you, Ian. That was better than my Dementor analogy. Top that, you wanker. <laughs> I don't think I will. Um, in summation. In su fuck you. Um, <laughs> you're a prick. Um, I... I don't know. I geeked out over this. I, I'm. I. I. Yeah, I, want, I, I felt just, like a nerd. I, I felt like a nerd listening you. to this. What? Do you want to describe your our text conversation about this? I. F I was flipping my shit. I. Uh, I. I sounded like a twelve year old fangirl talking about BTS. And you told me to watch it. And I several didn't times. For several times. <laughs> yeah, and I kept bugging him to fucking do it because and, i thought it was so amazing and then it, it popped up on the recommended on my netflix and i watched it and his life was forever changed it was all ogre from there yeah it was great man i i watching that because i didn't know at when the first when i first started listening to the album i didn't know that there was a short film attached to it i may have found out from fantano i may have found out some other way i don't know maybe something from the release that Actually, you know what? It probably was from the Apple Music description of the film um, that there was a short... Or, no, Apple Music description of the album that um, there was a short film attached to it. And I... I I don't know. I, I've grown to appreciate that kind of thing even more when you can directly associate music uh, with with visuals that artistic i don't know it just i mean i felt the same way with logic and his novel right 
You I know, even like just I don't I I still I mean that obviously was a flawed album that was no by no stretch of the imagination was that probably even good but <laughs> not even the close. novel was so good and just having having a having something that goes hand in hand with it and one describes the other and vice versa that's that that absolutely increases the value of something and when an artist can go and and spread their creativity beyond the means of music that is impressive and there aren't a lot of people out there that are like that absolutely truly yeah um even for me watching like a movie in general um and it having good music that really fits the environment of the movie and enhances your visual appreciation of everything that's happening in the movie i love stuff like that that i that fascinates me like movies like i don't know one that comes to mind is like the dark knight with mm-hmm. the 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 soundtrack that uh christopher nolan i think did it dunkirk uh, what the soundtrack for dunkirk yeah that I movie mean, is intense yeah both because of scenery, but also because of soundtrack. Right. I'm trying to think of... Shout out Hans Zimmer. I'm trying to think of other ones. There was this, uh, I, the the the, uh, or the movie Looper also that mm. has an incredible soundtrack because the dude went around and he collected sounds from all over the country, like random sound. He would be springing like door stops and stuff like that for sounds that he put in the soundtrack and so the soundtrack doesn't sound like anything else out there or even like animated films like the incredible soundtrack the incredible soundtrack is nuts like that's just a straight jazz soundtrack and oh my god is it good oh my god is it good um along with i don't know Am I going to be called a weeb for watching anime? I, I've watched a couple of animes in my time. My favorite show of all time is Cowboy Bebop. So go fuck yourself if you think that <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a weeb. Um, but there's some good fucking anime, all right? Um, but, like, the two two of my favorites were directed by the same dude. And um, one of the, the, the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack was a lot of jazz and stuff like that. And a lot of Western, uh, Western sort of, there was a lot of harmonicas and stuff and big brass bands and, uh, sort of lonely, um, lonely slide guitars and things like that in the soundtrack, uh, sort of narrating and detailing uh, these characters' journey throughout the show. And it really it brought you to the world of of the show, as well as Samurai Champloo, which was, was my other one, which um, was set in, like, what, 1600 Japan or something like that? Um, and they were being invaded by something or whatever. Um, but, again, it featured all of the... Uh, this was... The, the soundtrack for that was a little bit more emotional, but just having something to visually represent, um, or vice versa, auditorially represent your visual, visually represent your, um, auditorial experience, having both of those in conjunction with one another is, it helps you connect with the music more. I don't know. And I mean, even without the movie, this album's still good. And I think that's a that's a big point that we haven't touched on yet. This album's good even without the film. Right. The the film just made me geek out even more. But 
I, I love Tom York anyway. Um, I thought this album was amazing and it through not, maybe not so much through and through, but I thought that a lot of the ideas presented here and the sounds, a lot of the sound play, um, and I, maybe I just love Tom York's voice, but yes, I love Tom York's voice. Uh, it's so lonely and it's, it's so, it's haunting in a way. I don't know. I liked so it. So what is your grade? My grade? I'm, I give it a number score. I'm not giving it a grade. Okay. Give it your number score. Thank you. Out of 10. You, okay. Um, we still don't agree on the way to hey, give me a number here. Um, probably on the stronger seven side, 7.9. That's very, very close to an eight. It's a low nine for me. Damn, son! Which follows the pattern of me giving something about a number higher than Ian. Yeah. Pretty much every time. Pretty much every time. Uh, depends on the album, though. You, you didn't like the James Blake album. The James Blake album, you gave like a six. I gave an eight. That was out of character. Oh, yeah. Well, that was not for me. Yeah. I was not the intended audience for that. I don't know. I feel like now you, that you've appreciated because this, I feel like this album shares. Maybe I'll listen to it. I haven't really gone back to it. Assume form was great on that, but that's a story for another time. Yeah. Anyway. Literally, we have another story on our podcast for that, so. Yes, we do. Go, go listen, listen to, to James that. Blake. Go listen to our James Blake episode because, and go listen to James Blake. Blake's I forgot music. we did that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you for listening. Uh, go ahead. We Take have been out. sound audits. <laughs> you have been, no longer sound audits though. You have been sound audited. <laughs> Can that be our new outro, please? <laughs> you have just been sound audited. Thank you very much for listening. You're welcome. Um, follow us on Instagram at. Sound Audits Podcast. Sound Audits Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Sound Audits because you can only have 15 characters. And Sound Audits Podcast is more than 15 characters. So we... Quick math. Our Sound Audits on Twitter. But you can follow us there. We're starting to do stuff. Put up videos. We have a new video on our highlights on Instagram. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, shout out, Carter. Yep. Shout out. Shout out. The Big, big tasty. tasty Edits. Yeah. <laughs> fire emoji guys go check it out jesus christ he is um does a great job for us we pay him tremendous tremendous sex. amounts of money yeah um he has enough to retire we got a lot of stuff coming 15. out ian's gonna have new music coming out soon hopefully so yeah the next it's, it's episode he'll give us a rundown on that because we're pressed on time here um but leave us leave us a suggestion of what to listen to we will be posting i will be posting more things on our story asking questions what you guys want to hear more of do you want to hear this do you want to hear that right uh what did you think of this album just things to keep everybody engaged what did you actually what do you think in general of music send us some opinions debate us as we said in the last you'll be debating i'm not gonna argue we will we i will debate i am willing to debate and it's fun for me but hearing hearing other people's opinions on music i i love that shit man um but yeah thank you for listening we will be here same time next week friday uh, friday 9 a.m eastern standard time uh back in full force baby uh better than ever um and yeah please do give us suggestions because we love that shit too um but thank you for listening have a uh great week we will see you in the next episode of sound audits where we will next sound audit you peace out Boop. <laughs>